We are never truly lost. Well, okay, sure. Maybe we get turned around for a few days in the woods where life just feels like it's getting the best of us and everything's going wrong. And I'm Mike Martin, and I've stood right where you're standing, lost, beaten down, like nothing's ever gonna change. And that's why I built this camp. And that's why I'm inviting you to join me and all the members of this wild community. Because you know what, friend? It does get better. So come along with me into the wild and let me show you this awesome, unique skill set that lays within inside of you. With help from the land, we're gonna unlock the steward that's inside each and every one of us that will lead the way out of the darkness and into healing. Here at the Camp of Healing on Project Mindfully Outdoors. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Project Mindfully Outdoors, the podcast. As always, I'm your guide, Mike Martin. And I want to thank you for tuning in to what's truly got to be the most inspiring edition of Project Mindfully Outdoors to date. Because recently I had the opportunity to meet and talk to get to know this amazing young lady her name is heather hutchinson she's both an award-winning author and award-winning singer-songwriter her book is called holding on by letting go and it's a memoir about her journey of going from the pits of despair and struggling within all the different obstacles and adversities that were put in front of her to finally expressing the amazing person that she knew was deep within her. Now, you know, this conversation to me was a lot of fun because it gave me an opportunity to step outside of the woods, step outside of the outdoor space and tap back into my roots kind of gave me a chance to explore how I used to use music as a coping mechanism. You know, not just listening, but creating and writing. 
and I got to kind of reflect upon how that inevitably evolved into podcasting and writing, which has been a really cool journey. But this conversation, you know, this episode isn't about me. It's about the process that Heather has walked from facing a life of being blind in and out of psychiatric wards and just outright ready to walk through that open door to finally learning how to express herself and be okay with who she is and make that impediment part of the story you know and that's really what it's all about that's why I feel like the conversation that I'm about to share with you today is such a beautiful one so on the flip side of this word from our sponsor I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Heather Hutchinson. Hey guys, it's Mike, and for today's episode, I can't think of a better partner to be teaming up with than the folks at Renew, because after all, we spend our time in the field focusing on mindfulness and meditation so we can bring it home with us, and that's where we can team up with Renew, because they carry a full line of home-based meditation products, but one of their products that I really enjoy are their meditation pillows and I'll tell you why because throughout my practice it's been one of the hardest things for me to find a, a meditation cushion that is both comfortable and durable and the line of pillows and cushions that Renew carries they achieve both so they hold up to the rigors of being dragged around in the field in my backpack thrown around camp or in the back of the truck but they also hold up amazingly and make sitting at home and meditating that much more comfortable so I think it's something that really becomes the base and the root of building any practice is comfort and having that durability is just an added plus so swing down into the show notes of this episode visit the folks at renew and check out their organic meditation cushions and i'm sure that you too will be impressed and when you use the link in the show notes the folks at renew have a special offer for all of us here at camp
So as I was, uh, you know, looking into your background and everything that you're working on as of late, there's this uh, Marcus Aurelius quote that comes to mind that's really, I think, beautifully sums up where we're going with this conversation. And it goes like this. What does not make the human worse cannot make his life worse. Therefore, it cannot harm you from the outside in. And I'd like to start by getting your perspective on that because I've been through a lot of mental struggles and issues. I know you've done the same along with some other adversities that you've had to work through. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful quote. I think that it's so true, you know, like we, we view ourselves, you know, if we talk to our friends the way we talk to ourselves, we probably wouldn't have very many friends. Like we're so, we're so hard on our friend or so hard on ourselves rather. And like, if we could only see ourselves as the people who love us, see us, um, I think the world would be a lot better place in terms of, you know, self-care and self-love. So I think that's a, a really powerful quote and something to definitely keep in mind. And I think what brought that on was I read a couple of different places in your bio and stuff about, you know, the hospitalization and stuff like that. And I remember being there myself. And I think that was when I first got turned on to journaling. I remember, you know, actually lying on the floor of the, uh, of the room, writing all these different things and trying to collect thoughts. And you touched on self-care. I think that's kind of like one of the principal areas that it starts in is working on, on building routines and habits that change the way that we talk, our internal dialogue. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think self-care has kind of gotten a, a bad rap lately because of, well, really social media. I think it, social media has kind of turned self-care into like, oh just go have a bubble bath or things like that you know when I was at my worst I wasn't even like able to take care of myself so I wasn't having a bubble bath so I think I think people get confused with self-care and and you know like pampering ourselves and self-care can be even more basic than that most definitely there's that idea of expression I think is really one of the key parts of it and that's what you do really well. You've taken all these things that you had to come through and you express them in a beautiful way through building a music career. Yeah, I think music has been very powerful for me. I think everyone, you know, we that is sort of self-care. We, we need to find that thing that allows us to express ourselves, you know, as you were saying for you, it was journaling that that helped you take that first step. For me, it's always been music and writing as well. So I think if we can find that that one thing, that purpose, the thing that gives us purpose, that gives us understanding, then we can, you know, begin to move forward. Which if you turn the clock back to the beginning of the process for anybody, it's not like we just, you know, grab a straw out of a hat and that's instantly our thing. It takes trial and error in yes. order to figure out what that one thing is. I'm curious how you got to where you're at, discovered exactly what it is, the creative outlet is your one key thing. 
That's a good question. And I think it started so long ago. And, and like you say, it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, this is my thing. So for me, you know, from a young age, maybe I wasn't doing, you know, as many sports and things like that um, because of my disability as, as other sighted kids. So I played a lot of music. And as I got older into my early teens, and I really started to struggle with mental illness, um, I, you know, was feeling more and more isolated. And music was that, that friend to me that it gave me that voice that I needed. And when my first album came out when I was 16, I would, I would have these concerts and people would come up to me after and be like, oh, this song really moved me because I was going through such and such an experience and it really helped me. And so I think for me, it was building that human connection. That's something that I've always thought that that I feel like is missing when I'm really struggling with my mental health. So music gave me that voice and gave me that that human connection, which was really powerful, you know, being really a kid still at, at 16 to have those experiences. So it's just something that I've always wanted to keep working towards and having more and more of that. Definitely. I can relate to that because I'm a bass player by trade. So I can oh, yeah. I grew up using music as, and I'm very introverted too. So music was kind of like my walking stick. Yes. It was, how, it was how I supported myself and attempted to interact and get out there and have those experiences because that's a scary thing to do. To yeah. put yourself yeah. out there, be vulnerable, open, and meet different people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because everybody's like, well, how can you be an introvert and a musician? But I, they're kind of two different things like the music is just it it takes you to a different place I think it it transcends all that insecurity a lot of the time a lot of that introversion um so we're able to do it even though yes we are introverts and it's funny because I think you know with the uh other handicaps that you face I remember reading a story from uh an interview with Ace Freely years ago and he talked about how he's introverted and you know, getting up on stage ain't the easiest thing to do. No. I can relate. I can relate to it because his thing was, you know, I never put my contacts in, and the and the lights blinded me, so I couldn't see anybody anyway. <laughs> that actually helped him because I I can't see anybody when I'm performing, and I, that's never helped me. I still have like terrible stage fright, so I don't know about that. And I I thought it was funny because when I think about my music days. It's what it was. I couldn't see anybody because the lights were in your face all the time. It was just easy to let go and move into like a different space, you know, that introvertedness. The shell kind of cracks open a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you're up there and you're in the zone and you're you're kind of doing your thing and you're like, This is this is what I'm meant to be doing and and that kind of transcends all of that insecurity. And then, you know, you talk about the writing aspect and I do a lot of that myself and obviously the podcast and we're sitting here having this conversation I know for me like I said you know having an instrument in, an instrument in my hand is a lot like a, a walking stick you know it's something to support myself being a singer it's probably a little bit different because your voice is your instrument and I'm curious how that would work for you if it was like you just walk up and you're good or if it was really a learning process? No, I think it was definitely a learning 
process. Um, I always love to sing, but I think with anything, it's it's practice and it's training. You know, even even what we were talking about with self care earlier, like it's it's practice, and you don't just like wake up one day and and get there. So no, it it's always been um, that for me is you know I'm still striving to always practice and improve and get better. So it wasn't it wasn't like an instantaneous thing for sure, and it it is a little bit different. Like if I'm just playing piano on stage, I'm a lot less nervous. I think having that instrument housed in your body brings like this whole other level, even of vulnerability. That's, that's really interesting and challenging. I know for me personally, I'm petrified to get up and sing in front of someone. And starting the podcast journey was the same way. My voice became, you know, the bass guitar, the drums, and I was hiding in the So learning to adapt into that, it was a process. It took a lot of work. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, those skills that you start to develop in your hobbies and your passions, you can bring those into everyday life. So I'm wondering if it's really been that walking stick that's helped you with to put yourself out there and be, be more vulnerable with people and start building those connections. Yeah, I think that's so true that it's something that we can apply across the board to so many different parts and aspects of our lives. Um, I know for me lately, I've been doing a lot of content creation on TikTok, which was like a huge learning curve for me and really challenging. Um, but it, it's been going really well. And I think some of the things that, that have helped me really have been the music to, to kind of prepare me for this moment where I'm able to reach even more people with my music. But even more than that, just from the lessons that I've learned from music, carrying that forward into reaching people in, in so many different ways in, on so many different platforms. So it really is universal. It's funny you talk about the learning curve as far as getting into TikTok and things like that. I remember back in the music days where it was you show up on stage, you do your thing, maybe post a couple of flyers around. And it was it was easy. Yeah. Now, yeah. now there's like this crazy digital world that we're all trying to figure out. And I think that adds to the anxiety and the frustrations because when you're in this kind of a creative space you're trying to portray that authentic real version of yourself and you feel like it's really not getting anywhere because you're not going after that glamorous i'm trying to portray the best of everything world that everybody really catches on to so you got to kind of learn how to navigate and put yourself out there and be open to it yeah, I think that's really true and open to the negativity and the criticism, which is the hardest part of putting yourself out there is there's going to inevitably be those people. And, you know, maybe back even when I started in music, um, you know, yeah, you could read a nasty review online maybe, but it's not like the daily battle I think that it is now when you put your life out there and and people are constantly scrutinizing it no definitely because there I I mean I remember one of the first times I tried to put a video on YouTube and you playing and somebody was like man that, that is horrible and I'm like you know 
I look at your profile and I my instant for first response is I want to lash back and defend myself. Then I look at, you know, that person's profile and there's nothing there. Yeah. So I yeah. think to myself, hey, at least I've had the courage to try to do these sort of things. And it doesn't have to be perfect because nothing is actually perfect. Everything can be improved in one way or another. And that's kind of part of that inner critic and that inner talk that we get to where you got to learn to accept this is where you're at right now and you're going to improve. You're going to go in along the way. So all those other comments, you got to learn to turn off. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, You know, there's, you have to learn too which comments to listen to, I guess, which comments are constructive and like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I can see their point there. That's something I can work on and improve upon. But I think most of the, the really nasty comments are, are really not very productive because people who leave those sorts of comments are doing it because they don't actually know how hard it really is. You know, the, the constructive feedback that you get from people who actually know, they give it to you constructively because they know they've been there. And that, that ties back into, you know, the daily life too because we all face those critics. We all get, you know, fingers pointed at us and whatnot. And it's all about learning how to navigate those sort of things and just letting them go and realizing that you don't know the backstory behind what brought that person to that reaction. They could be just, you know, deflecting something that's internally onto you in order to hopefully help relieve it and if you don't let it hit you, then, you know, you're going to end up stronger in the long run. It kind of builds that confidence a little bit. Yeah, it's so often not about us, but that anxiety and that inner critic always tells us that it's about us. But nine times out of 10, it, it really isn't. It reflects far more on that person than it does on us. You talk about the, the inner critic. And I know in the creative space, there's a lot of battling your own inner credit. And that also works into you know, the life that we're, that we're living. So I'm curious as to going down that path of how you learn to tame that credit. <laughs> how I learned to tame it. I, it's, I still battle with it all the time. Um, today even like I was um, working on some new music hoping to do some more recording in the fall and it it just wasn't happening so I guess I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like you know not every day is going to be a win and that's okay and yeah I spent too much time beating myself up today and I I didn't get to where I want to be but tomorrow is another day and tomorrow is going to feel better and if tomorrow doesn't feel better then then the next day will so I guess it's it's just keeping that spark of hope alive that like not all is lost and yeah I'm being really critical and really hard on myself today and nothing's working out but it's going to change and I think that's that is the the thing that drives us forward because I think we all as you know creative and sensitive types we have that inner critic very loudly and it, the temptation is always there to listen to it and to give into it and I think that I've had to just learn that it's there I can't always silence it but I'm gonna move forward either way 
it's all about taking those little steps each day. Yeah. Collectively breaking things down and just realizing what the end goal is. And it's a matter of putting yourself in the seat, putting yourself where you want your heart to be. It doesn't matter how that day's session turns out. It in the end all adds up. And yeah. you know, ultimately takes you to your to your goal. Mm-hmm. The the things that you do in a day, they they may not make it to the end work, you know, the final product, but it's important to get there because that helps you build that confidence and it helps keep you the forward momentum going. But I know personally, I had those days where you're having that tough go and things are not coming along. So you start beating yourself up. That inner critic starts to really scream and it can be triggering. You know, it can kind of knock you down a little bit. And I'm curious how you combat that, how you stop that from being like the the wormhole that you go down and it ends up in a bad place. With the help of copenotes.com, you can turn your smart device, your phone, into the most powerful tool in your mental health journey. That's right, when you sign up at copenotes.com, you'll receive randomly timed text messages that will help you to train yourself towards the most positive line of thinking. Just visit copenotes.com and use promo code Project Outdoors to save 10% when you sign up today. Terms and conditions do apply. Oh, it's so true because it's such a vicious circle. I think for me, the big thing has been the practice of catching that before it gets to the point of no return because I think you know all these mindfulness exercises we can do you know the cognitive behavioral therapy everything that we can do only works if we catch it in time because I think we can get to the point where (laughs) there's just there's no hope for that day and you just you have to try again a different day and that's that's okay too but I think with practice we get to the point where we can use those tools better and we can interrupt those negative thoughts, you know, before they become a scream in our minds and really implement some of those tools. So that's something that I am constantly working on. And some days I'm more successful at it than others. But I, I think it's it's a good goal to to get there to be able to just hear that inner critic as it comes up and implement tools to let it go and sometimes that even means just like stepping away like if if music's not working today then you know go outside go do something else that is working go do something that that makes you feel good that you can be successful at and come back at it at a different time i think even in those moments it's finding one little piece of the day that you find that you meet mastery that really helps to keep us propelled. But when when you seem to fall short within your own eyes, 
of that day's mastery, taking a, a moment to allow your space to really understand that with that inner critic comes stories that make us suffer more in our own mind than anybody can ever, you know, than reality is going to put in front of us. Because we are naturally tentative to beat ourselves up when things get tough, you know, when things aren't going our way. When it does go our way, it's great and everything's wonderful. But just allowing that grace period and then coming back to it is really a simple form of mastery that we all can achieve within the course of any situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's giving yourself that grace. I totally agree. And even just to kind of build on it is like when you're uh, facing something that is frustrating and challenging, first couple of times that you just get up and go sit to or try something else to calm down, it can kind of feel scary because it's unnatural. We want to push through. We want to tap into that inner perfectionist. Yes. Realizing that it is like hitting a brick wall over and over again and no good's going to come out of it. But we're so in tune with that. There has to be an outcome. Right? There has to be production mentality that it can be a challenge to remember tap back into that grace and give yourself a little bit of downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it feels like a failure. You know, if you walk away from it without conquering it that day, like, Oh, well I failed, you know, you, you might not get there anyways, even if you spend the rest of the day working on it. So, you know, be, be kind to yourself, give yourself that time. Which I think really is another great expression for uh, another common thing that we've dealt with is depression and learning how to overcome that. Because when we get in those holes, we want instant gratification. You know, we want to jump right out of it and just go and sound like nothing happened. But all of us at every different point in our life, every stage, hit that hole and we just can't seem to get out of it. So we get even more frustrated. We get even more mad at ourselves and that self-talk goes and we get the shovel out and we're digging deeper and deeper and deeper. So getting back to that idea of grace and allowing the learning period and the process to just work its way through, I think is really one of the key things that anybody can do for self-care. Yeah, I totally agree. Giving yourself that time, giving yourself that understanding that, you know, we would give to a friend going through something similar, but we don't give it to ourselves. And I think that ties back really well to uh, that quote that we started on, because, yeah, it feels like it's completely inside of us, but it's not, it's not killing us, you know, it's not tearing apart our story we're still able to write the next page and the next day. So really keeping that in mind and understanding that even though we feel like it's killing us, it's not. So it's not hurting the story as bad as we're internalizing it to be doing. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All that negative self-talk is, is just not for by outward appearances nearly as bad as, as we think it is on the inside. And I think the next question that I, really comes to mind and I'm curious about is along these kind of paths and these kind of journeys that bring us to self-discovery and healing, we all have like that, we hit a brick wall type moment and then we start to rebuild from there. I'm curious what that whole thing looked like for you personally. Yeah, for sure. I, I honestly didn't really believe in that until it happened to me. So I was in the hospital for psychiatric care at the beginning of COVID. So there was no visitors. It was very locked down. It was, it was a really challenging time to be there. And I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to get better at that point. I was just there sort of seeking absolution, like, oh, you know, if I'm, if I'm here, if I pretend to try to get better, then, you know, I can, I can continue with my plans to take my life and my family and friends can look back and say, well, she tried, but I wasn't really trying. I had no interest in getting better. And then one night I'd been there for a bit and I was, I couldn't sleep. And the air ambulance came with a critical patient, bringing them to this bigger hospital for treatment. And as soon as they got there, they called the code blue. And I started thinking there, uh, laying there, thinking about this person's family and like, my God, this poor person's family is going through one of the worst, scariest nights they're ever, they will ever know. And then I started thinking about the patient themselves and thinking, you know, they're in here fighting to live. I'm in here fighting to die. One of us has a choice. Well, I love that story. I, that honestly was one of the things that really did it for me myself. And as I started my uh, my path, I got really heavy into stoicism. And there's a lot of reflection upon death within it and realizing that every moment that we're here is a gift because we're all ultimately living on borrowed time. So taking that mindset it makes you want to you know seize the moment and not give up it does the opposite it makes you want to run and enjoy everything that you can make the very best out of that yeah and to make a difference where you can as well I think what really struck me in that story too was just you know, how could I feel so much empathy for that person's loved ones while knowing the decision I wanted to make would devastate my own. So it just really, I guess, gave me empathy and gave me a new respect almost towards life and the fragility of it. And that, you know, not everybody gets to make that choice. So if we can make it, then we need to, you know, make it the best it can be. Absolutely, we do. And you know, like I mentioned about the stoicism and uh, meditations on the idea that, you know, we're born and we die, it's inevitable. So what you do with it and how you live that story ends up passing down to your loved ones. And, you know, it's, it's a powerful thing in the moment you stop and really think about it because I had that same exact experience where 
looking in the rearview mirror of the truck, thinking, you know, this is this is it. This is terminal, and it doesn't even matter. You know, I could care less. And then having a couple of different rushes and experiences where it was almost over, I was like, man, I got to change something. And that was yeah. like the shift. That was the shift in the mindset. And that's where it all starts because all these powers within us are within us to pull ourselves out. It's just the fact that things break down so much internally, we forget about it. Yeah. And I think when that shift comes for me anyways, and I think for a lot of people, that's where the, the really tough work actually started. You know, a lot of people hear that story and they're like, oh, great. So it was you know, smooth sailing after that. No, that's when it got hard because I started to care and I started to try. That is, that's where the growth happens though because you become willing to face the adversities, the struggles externally and internally. And then something magical happens where you look inside, you face all those things that you've been putting masks over for years and years and running away from and listening to the narrative that this is all terminal and it's all over. And you go and you become essentially a boxer because you learn that, you know, the weapons that you need are within you and they yeah. never do. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it can be so gradual sometimes that it's hard to see day to day and you don't wake up one day and everything's fine but you do wake up one day and and realize wow like how much your thinking has shifted yeah you literally wake up one day and you've been doing the sparring inside your own mind and mental dojo and then you realize man i'm kind of mentally together i got i pulled myself out of all of that and yeah look look at the world that i'm creating and i'm painting around me just because i tried i may not have been there every single day i may not have felt like actually doing it but i still put in i still put my ass in the seat and put my heart where i wanted it to be yeah and that that strengthens and tones so many muscles that and reflexes that you don't even realize about yeah, it's like anything. It's like a sport or stretching or, you know, you don't sit down at a piano one day and never having played before and expect to be, you know, a concert pianist. So it takes it takes putting in the work. It takes stretching and it's it's uncomfortable and it's hard. But one day you realize, you know, looking back on it, just how far you have come. And I think that ties everything together beautifully, because like you mentioned in the beginning, whether it's trying to progress in life, trying to enjoy a hobby or explore something new. It's all about that repetition and that grows the confidence to carry on down the trail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's finding that purpose too, I think that that makes you wanna get up and try even on the days where you don't feel like it. And that's the challenge. You yes. know, really, those are like the major hurdles and obstacles for so many of us is we wake up and we don't want to get out of bed. You know, we don't want to go out and try. And I know I felt that for a long time. And, you know, I've read different things from people that have 
dumbed down the same thing, but it boils down to the fact that we are social creatures. We're put here by nature to live and to contribute to humanity and our story. So why waste that since we don't know how much time we have? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think we spend so much time, we waste so much time too, comparing our trying to other people's and, you know, trying for us might not look the same as trying for somebody else. Sometimes trying might mean you do just get out of bed and, and that's a win for that day. And that's okay. And that's a baby step that you, you know, put into place to move towards bigger steps. So I think that that comparison to the constant comparison of ourselves and our accomplishments and, oh, I only managed to do this today, so I didn't really try hard enough. You know, if you know in your heart that you tried and that you're trying, then it doesn't matter what somebody else does. That That is enough for today. And see, that also touches on the, the points that we made earlier about the self-voice and the inner critic you got to realize that it's getting out of bed is that one small thing for the day sometimes so celebrate that enjoy it because you know we are we're you're here and one thing about life is we all feel like it's so long and it just goes on and on and on and we take it for granted but it's not that it's as long as we think it is, it's more the fact that we waste so much of it and we forget about those little wins. The more we start to string those together, the more we realize, you know, just how much time we truly have and how we're using it effectively. Yeah. Yeah. We spend so much time thinking of the big goals that we miss the little ones along the way. And I think the secret to that is the fact that when you're dealing with depression, those little wins, the small things, really is is the, the ticket. That's the key. That's how you start to build that stairway to get out of that depression hole. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great analogy, the stairway. And, you know, they might be smaller at the bottom and gradually they get bigger and bigger and you get higher up and one day you realize that you've come a long way from the bottom. And we all get there. We all climb our way out. Remembering that it's, it's amazing and it's powerful to have goals because that kind of helps us define our purpose and give us, gives us a reason to be here and try. But the anxiety creeps in when all you do is keep your eye on that big picture so being able to to kind of chew that down in the smaller chunks really helps you to go forward as well yeah I think that's very true and I think so many of us are guilty of that I know I am I know I still am it's something that I'm constantly working towards everybody does it always takes practice it's an ongoing thing yeah yeah and I think that's where people get a little lost too is people People think of mental health as a finish line instead of the journey that it is. It is. There's no start. There's no finish. It's just a part of your story and learning to accept that and make it, make it your story. Own it, I think is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Yeah. Own it and move through it. Definitely. 
So now that I've got you all good and warmed up, there's one question that I like to uh, ask at the end that I get all kinds of great fun responses from. Normally, I would just ask, but considering that you have an amazing singing voice, I'm going to ask you to sing us some words of wisdom and inspiration from the amazing adventure of life that we're here celebrating today. Oh, gosh. Um, sing some words of wisdom. That's a hard one. Uh, why don't I do like the chorus of uh, my song, If I Could, which I kind of wrote about really everything we've been talking about. Absolutely. Because no one has the answers and there's more than just one way. But it's not a finish line. It's a choice you make each day. Choose living or choose life. Some days it's enough just to be alive. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a beautiful conversation, Adam. Before we wrap things up, you have to let everybody know how they can get in touch with you how they can find your music and everything else you, you got going on. For sure. They can visit my website at www.heather-hutchison.com, H-U-T-C-H-I-S-O-N. On there, there's links to my music. You can find it basically anywhere you listen to music, stream it, download it, uh, as well as my book is on there, my memoir. It's on Amazon, Audible. Um, anywhere you find books and my social media is all there. It would be great to connect with people. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. Perfect. This has been really a beautiful conversation. So I'm glad that we got to connect and spend some time talking. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Right. that's it that's all that's the end we've reached the end of yet another edition of project mindfully outdoors you know one thing that this podcast journey has given me the opportunity of meeting and talking to numerous people you know whether it's for an episode of the show or it's actually helping somebody kind of walk that bridge of 
where they're at to where they want to be. That this conversation here and this opportunity, I think has probably become one of my favorite. Not only while I was recording the conversation, but also putting this episode together and listening to the playback and getting the opportunity to reflect and to think about where I've been, where I've come from, and how we all go through these different stages. We all go through the pain and the growth of turning into the person that we that we know is within us. And that's what I feel was so special about this conversation. And I think it gives us all something to truly think about. Now make sure to jump out there and grab your own copy of Holding On by Letting Go. And, you know, check out Heather's music as well. I think you'll truly enjoy it. And I think it'll be something to help you to lift yourself up in those moments that you're down in the muck. Mike, and before we uh, get out of here today, I just want to take this last opportunity to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in and helping this community to grow. You know, it means a great deal to me to be a part of your journey and of your adventure. And I also, I, I openly invite you to swing over to projectmindfullyoutdoors.com because as you know, the hunting season and hunting camp is open. And I love sharing the adventures with everybody. So swing on over, follow the podcast, hit subscribe, subscribe to the newsletter. Any way that I can that we can help you to grow, to heal, and to move forward is our pleasure so until next time get out there in the wild that's where the stillness and the adventure lies see ya